nice turnout, isn't it, Tech? Well, it's not every day the village idiot buries his car in the backyard. <laughs> I can't believe we're actually in mourning. Well, I don't know about you, but over here it's three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Marcy, you're here. I'm touched. Well, I'm just glad that eyesore is finally gone. Now, if we can just find some place to bury your house. <laughs> How about the same place I'm about to bury my foot? Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Welcome back to the Married to Children podcast, down under, here in Australia, where at the time of recording, it's rather cold and rainy, as opposed to the Australian stereotype, uh, but Team Australia is here again to um, bring to you this week, Requiem for a Chevy Wait, Part 2, that's Season 11, Episode 5. My name is Matt, and I'm glad I got the extended warranty on my new Testica, I mean Kona. Well, I'm glad too. My name is Annabelle, and feel my tush, it's warm. <laughs> and this is Chris from Australia, and I'm a poor man, a needy man. Uh, I'm in a let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as again, episode 5 of season 11, Requiem for Chevyweight, part 2. This originally aired on the 17th of November, 1996, directed by our very own Amanda Bierce written by Russell Marcus and I couldn't help but noticing according to Wikipedia so part one had 13 million viewers this one only had 9 million viewers and by production order um, this one's part was episode the ninth episode to be shot the last one was a seventh episode to be shot in, in terms of the order they were made or at least written in not the order they were aired guest cast Rick Overton as Dr. Fisher Harold Sylvester as Griff Tom McClellister as Ike, Michael Sorich as Fidel Castro, Gary Grubbs as Cal Stevens, Robert A. Bowen as an uncredited voiceover, and Lucky as Lucky the Dog. Sunday, Al Bundy gets a new set of wheels. And uh, what do they call this fancy sound system? FM. A brand new Married with Children. And Mr. Burns' son has been kidnapped, and all the evidence points to one man. There they are! Homer Simpson. Shoot him! A brand new Simpsons. Then, is Ned and Stacy's fake marriage headed for divorce? What say I report you missing and eaten by a stupid angry bear? Catch the season premiere. It all happens Sunday on Nonstop Fox. And Wikipedia, not IMDb, has this to say about the episode. Part two of two. Out there is a dodge in the backyard and has a funeral for it, complete with his buddy Ike playing the bagpipes and leases a new sports car, the Testica 2000, which turns out to be a lemon. Meanwhile, Peg, Kelly and Bud dig at the Dodge so they can sell the engine to a collector for $10,000, but ex-CIA operative Jefferson makes a quick trip to Cuba to ask a favour of his old nemesis, Fidel Castro. Since there are so many old cars there due to the trade embargo, maybe one of them is a fuel pump that might fit in the Dodge. Yeah, and uh, 
is, is there um do, do you want to talk about what the embargo is about yeah, so thank you for bringing it up, Chris. Uh, I'll just bring it up now. It's uh, since ended, but uh, the, most most people who have watched Married to Children would have at least be, would have heard of the embargo. So it was the United States embargo against Cuba, which prevents American businesses and businesses organized under American law or majority owned by American citizens from conducting trade of Cuban interests. And it's still it's still ongoing. It has been since 1958, March the 14th that year, when it was first an embargo on the sale of firearms. And uh, then then it was then expanded in 1960 to exports to Cuba except for food and medicine after Cuba nationalized the American-owned Cuban oil refineries without compensation. And then in 1962, it was expanded to include almost all exports. And uh, since 1992, there's been demand for the Americans to end it. So it's still it's still, in, still in place, the, the embargo per se, but uh, that's a bit of the background upon it. And uh... We know that Jefferson goes to Cuba to uh, get the fuel pump for Albande. Yeah, actually, uh, this is one of my favorite scenes, the whole scene with Castro. And uh, I must say that, uh, that I got a, I got a sort of, uh, I got a story related, related to this scene. This is, in fact, one of the, uh, I, I, in fact, uh, uploaded this clip to YouTube more than 10 years ago now, maybe close to 15 years ago. And um, I never realized that it had a, lot of likes and comments uh, that because uh, I kind of uh, uploaded it with a YouTube account that uh, that I don't uh, you know associate myself with anymore and so for the longest time I didn't realize that uh, this this clip has gotten a lot of traction and um, you know about five or six years ago I suddenly uh, you know like discovered this clip and I realized oh I uploaded that clip look how many likes and comments it's got damn so anyway yeah this is um, and uh, I, I must say that the first time I ever showed this to my friend a Sri Lankan friend Sumedha shout out to Sumedha he was a little bit offended by yeah this scene and I asked him why because I was like you know it's irritating that how um, how much uh, the people in the West, uh, uh, you know, the, the propaganda of the West, uh, and he was going on about how uh, how they portray Castro to be this this evil dictator, and I was like, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, that 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 is kind of true, but uh, I think in this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he is still a dictator and all that, but uh, there there is all that there there can be propaganda in this scene, but uh, you know, I think he is sort of portrayed in a more of a positive light. Then, I mean, he is portrayed as uh, like one of our fellow chums sitting there reading the Cuban magazine. And he likes, um, he, you know, the, he likes the uh, sort of things that uh, we like. <laughs> and when you give him uh, snack wells, uh, I think I'm sure Matt will or some one of you will uh, explain to us a little bit more of, of this product. Uh, he, he was excited about it. And Jefferson talks about how he didn't want to kill him. <laughs> And um, so, um, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite Married with Children subplots. So presumably he's on his way to Cuba now, what? because that's why he's not at the funeral. Yes, because um, the episode opens, um, well, aside from the opening credits, you get the flashback of the f- first part, which is the cold open. Last time on Married with Children, there was a death in the family. <laughs> Clear! <laughs> that's exactly what I feared, Mr. Bundy. The fuel pump. <laughs> now, unfortunately, finding a donor pump will be nearly impossible. 
but the, uh, the episode proper opens with a funeral, uh, which for me personally rang a lot of bells, as while I didn't bury my first car per se, I did spend some uh, bit of quiet time with her at the wreckers yard back in January when I got my belongings from, from her, you know, just, you know, because I had a lot of memories of my first car, uh, I've still got one of the keys for it in my um, study right near, near where I'm sitting, uh, so, so many memories in that first car, whether it was uh, driving south, north, east, various friends, seeing friends, getting kicked out of my mate's house at two in the morning and driving home for an hour, going up, going for a weekend away in Easter, but uh, yeah, so I wasn't as sad as I was, but this scene really rang tr- true for me after uh, I, I hit a kangaroo late last year and my car was wrecked. We've had some great times in this car. I think my favorite was the time we tried to run down my ex-wife. <laughs> she outran us, but the Dodge gave it her best shot. <laughs> Mrs. Peg Bundy would now like to say a few words. Thank you, Peg. <laughs> my husband is a moron. Thank you. See how you do when Oprah checks out. <laughs> Well, I I do see where Al's coming from, but I've never had a funeral for a car, and I still drive a 25-year-old damn Japanese car, just FYI. 25 years ago, a young man of endless promise was going places. (laughs) All he needed was a way to get there. He found it on a used car lot on Route 12. (laughs) Through the years, the journey had some unexpected turns and some unwanted passengers. are several kinds of love. One kind of love begins with misplaced lust and degenerates into a raging hell of misery and despair. But I digress. Then there's a kind of love that only turns on when asked and performs beautifully. The kind of love that makes you feel young when you go for a ride. (laughs) Farewell, my sweet chariot of youth. Well, I'll drive a South Korean car now. Same thing with me. My my wife uh, recently uh, ran over... uh, I I don't know what what kind of animal it was, but it's it's kind of an uh, Australian animal. I think it's a... Porcupine. Echidna? Oh, uh, yeah, it does. Echidna. It's like, so, so she ran over an echidna and like she, she was driving at night somewhere in the middle of nowhere and she ran over an echidna. So then she called, uh, she called a vet in the nearby area, but the vet wasn't there. So, so the, uh, so I got the call and, uh, and, uh, you know, like, uh, and then, uh, I, I had to sort of book an appointment. But by that, but but the animal was dead by that time, so it was no point anyway, you know. Like so, it's sort of like one o'clock in the middle of night, you know. So he knows, and we all know that this animal is not going to survive. But so uh, yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, and um, that was one of those situations. But it was like this giant porcupine, you know, like it was so big and. It looks so rare, and, and and you feel so bad that you ran over it in the middle of the road. But uh, you know, there was nothing you can do about it. Well, this whole funeral 
scene reminded me of the funeral for the dog in season one and for Stephen Marcy's dog. Yes, it was a very similar scene for the departure of poor Bella. And uh, you'll also notice that uh, Griff folds the beaded car seat cover like you, you fold an American flag. <laughs> yeah, and I, that, I noticed that and also Ike playing the bagpipes, not moving his fingers. <laughs> Don't you think throwing dirt on the Dodge is a bit redundant? <laughs> Why? 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 Oh, oh, you know, like uh, Master says, uh, my BMW had a bar mitzvah. <laughs> and it's kind of so true, though. So in so many ways, we kind of waste money on this type of thing because we we want to come off as model citizens. Yeah. So and, and then you see, uh, what's his name, Ike? Right? He comes in, he plays a bad pipe, and uh, uh, jumps into the whole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a brilliant scene in that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name, Griff, he talks about how uh, the best memories were like uh, them trying to uh, run his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> she outran us, but the Dodge gave it its best shot. Yeah, but, yeah. but the Dodge gave her the best shot, you know? Like, to, to me, that was sort of the best part of the whole scene, you know, like... <laughs> like, because uh, I think Route 666, they had a similar scene where... Michael G. Moy, which you guys interviewed, says that, uh, like, they were talking about how to kill the, like, Dodge is a damn fine car. Dodge is a damn fine car. Ran over my wife with a Dodge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Marcy wants to bury the house next. How very ghoulish of her. Al gives his speech, quite a heartfelt speech, and he mentions Route 12. And Luigi has very kindly put the map of Route 12 in the episode notes. Yep, I've got it right in front of me, yes. Uh, so very different to Route 12 here in Perth, which is a uh, coastal route in the southern suburbs of Perth between Fremantle and Henderson. Route 12 in the US state of Illinois... Uh, runs northwest to southeast through Greater Chicago, enters at the Wisconsin border north of Richmond, and exits into Hammond, Indiana, which is near Gary, so which is part of Greater Chicago as well, uh, into the Indiana Toll Road. So basically, it runs through, um, it doesn't go through the central Chicago, but it goes around it. So uh, if you want to, if, you, if you're driving in the US, you want to bypass central Chicago, you, you would take Route 12. So I'm sure Al got went down there plenty of time, especially going to a certain shop in Wisconsin, wink, wink, season three. When we look at all the episodes in Married with Children, the Dodge really disappoints him at every yeah. single stand. So, but in his speech, he says that, you know, like, it, it, it performs beautifully when you turn it on. I mean, that's just uh, so... But the Dodge does not perform beautifully. So this is just another example of an inconsistency in the show. I think Al Bundy's obviously very deluded to begin with, so, uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, he's a very, he's a very misogynistic kind of character who, who, who lives by, he thinks that women are always sort of uh, disappointing in every way. 
So, and he sort of creates his worldview according to that. But at the end of the day, he, like even in his speech, he says that the Dodge performs beautifully when you turn it on. But he, when you go by the, uh, so the examples in the TV show, it really doesn't. <laughs> Dodge has all no. pointed in it. It performs terribly. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, as I already mentioned, I said a few words to my first car who didn't give a name to uh, when I said goodbye to her to records back in January, but no full bore funeral. Uh, I've given one proper eulogy in my life. That was to my best friend in late 2020. I'm not sure if every year read a eulogy, but uh, yes, I, I must say, uh, I've only ever given one myself, but uh, Al did a decent one for his car. Yeah, I've given one eulogy. That was to my grandmother in, in late 2020, yeah. But Al, Al brings home some flowers. And I was going to say for my intro, oh, you never bring me flowers. But I got some flowers on my first anniversary recently. <laughs> I'm going to plant these on her grave. You never bring me flowers. I would if you died. <laughs> I would if you died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To, to me, my favorite bit in that whole scene is that, um, you know, how um, they bury the dodge in the backyard, but Ed changes his mind and they try to dig the dodge out and, uh, you know, like the whole engine drops on his head. Do you remember that scene where, and, and you, you can take me to the, you can take me <laughs> to the emergency room. You remember that scene? Yeah, that, that was a classic, yeah. Yes. So after Al jumps into the um grave with the with the daughter <laughs> after Boy well, you me. see <laughs> After you see Ike playing the bagpipes uh, without moving his moving his fingers, obviously got a recording for that. Uh, and again, remember smaller T V, people wouldn't have noticed back then, but most likely Al managed to dig himself out of the grave and uh buys flowers as mentioned, not for Peggy, but for the Dodge. But it, it, it kind of brings up a very classic uh, scene where, you know, the relationship between a man and his automobile. Uh, and I, I can kind of relate to that because there are so many things in my life that I can sort of see that I relate to, but no one else kind of does. There are so many little things in my life that I kind of uh, can relate to. And I, th- I think that's what they're trying to sort of uh, exemplify in this scene, that uh, that a man sort of has all these little relationships, but no one else understands what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I'm not the biggest car guy, but uh, I have a lot of attachment to my first car to the point where, as I said, I actually saved one of the keys from it, and uh, it's actually, like I said, I can literally, I'm just turning towards the key now. You know, I can't explain to you. I don't, I don't have any sort of a way of putting, converting it into words, but they're just there. And if, if someone asks you, why do you have these things in your bedroom? I, I can't explain it to anyone, but I just, I just know that these things have been in my life for the last 10, 15, 20 years, and there is no philosophical way of explaining, but... I just have a relationship with these things. <laughs> yeah. We have all got attachments to things from our past, that's for sure. If you, if you ask me, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, but yeah, so uh, while Al is still grieving over the loss of his Dodge, the, the rest of the family are on a bit of a different um, relationship with the Dodge, namely trying to flog the parts. Uh, trying to, um, Peg is dis- disappointing a guy called Gunther who, who's tr- who wants the engine. Hello. Oh, Gunther. 
Look, I told you for the last time, I can't get you that engine. Yeah, the Doomcuff buried it in the backyard two days ago. $10,000 on Monday? Deal. Uh, oh, I gotta go. Auf Wienerschnitzel. Hey, I want a car that talks. Look, this one knows 20 words. That's mm, 10 more than you, Cal. That's not true, Bud Bundy, you stupid little pervert. I mean, there are, like, for example, when you look at, in look in eBay, right? If you want to buy a, a VCR, for example. Yep. And there are people who, who will uh, sell it to you, like, there's a VCRs available for, for 500 bucks. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't never dream of doing it. But someone out there thinks that your VCR is worth 500 bucks. That 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 is the ex that is a, just a brilliant example of uh, how uh, the whole uh, capitalism works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, uh, yeah, you might think that it, it's worth nothing, but to someone else out there, it's worth a lot of money. And, exactly. Um, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, some of those YouTubers who upload old VHS recordings from t t Tablet TV, they they would see value in a VHS um, player. I still have a VHS. I know you do. That's <laughs> awesome. So Peg Peggy's disappointed at the dumb cough or dumb head. That's uh, obviously German for dumb head. Uh, buried it in the backyard, to th the car that is, two days ago. And apparently there's a uh, $10,000 $10, offer for the engine. Thinking, really? Ten grand for an early 70s engine? <laughs> maybe th maybe this was Mr. Miyagi back again. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> or this is German version. <laughs> yes, and that, yes. Because, um, He's got a German cousin. Go, Alf, Alf Wiener Schwitzel, or Alf Wiener Zen, which is obviously goodbye in Deutsche or German. Yeah, and, and, and this is actually not far from the truth. I mean, that uh, I think one thing amazing about things like websites like eBay is that it just connects you with, uh, it, it's not about what the market value is. It's, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's not mass produced anymore. You, you get to list something at a price that, that is worth for someone who really wants it. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so, so, so the Gunther, so Gunther in Germany wants to spend $10,000 on Albandi's <laughs> uh, car engine. Yeah, exactly, which, which is uh, uh, common sense would dictate that it's not worth anything, but to Gunther it's worth $10,000. Yeah. Because as you said, there's a market for everything. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, I mean, I, I, you heard of uh, OnlyFans? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like women sell their panties for like an unbelievable amount of money. There is some guy out there, lonely guy out there, who wants to, you know, who who has a crush on you. Your panties are worth to him like an unlimited amount of money. It's it's all about connecting people together. So. It's 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 an example of late stage capitalism, and uh, I think uh, Marvin Children was very clever to uh, tap in in this concept very early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why Marvin Children is such a great show. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, one of the many reasons I love it too. Uh, <laughs> 
And I also, I also noticed that Kelly in this episode is, again, another striking outfit. She's wearing blue underneath a black jacket, so I've, no- I've noticed in this episode. Yeah, and, and it's also another one of those really bad examples. Like, you know, like when she sees mom digging the engine. Hey, hey you better cut us in now. We're going to tell mom. Like, you know, like, it's almost equivalent to the whole uh, combing the classified kind of joke. It's so, it just doesn't strike. It just, it's not funny. <laughs> it just, it's just another one of those examples where I just didn't think they made the best of Calais. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I do like, um, Master's got a very good bit coming up, however. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, pretty sure Peg gave Al's financial history to dear Marcy. <laughs> so, let's talk about the whole uh, incident where they go to Cal. And, uh, and talk about Jessica 2000. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite scenes uh, in, in the whole show. Like, love Mary panties, let's go. <laughs> now, kids, stand back and watch the old man work. You know, sales is the ultimate duel of wits. Dad's dead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cal. Hi, Cal, I'm Al. Listen, uh, Cal, before you start your dog and pony show, you should know that I've been in ladies' shoes for well over 25 years. Well, I'm wearing panties, so let's deal. <laughs> no, I, me- I meant that I sell ladies' shoes. Oh. <laughs> I- I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> well, you're not going to pull anything of mine. All I need here is basic transportation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, good old cow. Uh, looks like, yeah, Del- Delbert from Poppy's epi- season two episode, Poppy's by the tree. <laughs> yes, another season two repeat guest star. This guy's name is Gary Grabs, by the way. Gary Grabs. Uh... You see, uh, because I-, I didn't look him up uh, before. Like, I-, I, d- I-, I just know that he plays this role perfectly. Like, you know, like, we, we know that used car salesmen are supposed to be, like, this sleazy type of people who are supposed to exploit you and everything, so... And he plays that role really perfectly, you know, like, he... But, but he also has the whole, you know, you know the Simpsons type of uh, look, you know, he has the whole uh, bow tie and everything, He's just, he has the accent, southern accent. I'm in pennies, let's go. <laughs> what I yes. what I what I really liked about his character was that he manages to suck up to Al and get him to buy this car just by using information that Al himself has fed him. So it's the classic shady car dealer, you know, Al he's like, Oh, you play ball? And he's like, Yeah, I played for Poke High and, and he knows his name is Al Bundy, so it's like, oh, Poke High's Al Bundy. Well, I got just a car for you. The all-new 97 Kiwi. (laughs) Look, bud, it's perfect for you and Mrs. Thumb. It gets great gas mileage. Dad, if you do run out of gas, just pick it up, take it home. (laughs) It's a lot roomier than it looks. Cal, I'm starting to cramp up here. Can you get me out of here? Oh, what was I thinking? A man of your strapping muscular physique and a kiwi. Hey, did you play pro ball? Well, I, I could have, but I had a career-ending accident. Knee? Marriage. 
help it, but I played four years at Polk High. Touchdown Bundy, they used to call me. Polk, Highs, Al Bundy? <laughs> you, sir, were my idol. <laughs> and because of that, I'm going to give you our red carpet lease. Polk, Highs, Al Bundy? Polk, Highs, <laughs> Al Bundy? You're my idol. You know, you know, he kind of reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld in some ways. He had that whole <laughs> You know that, yeah, what's that Simpsons episode where they had that uh, 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 monorail guy? Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> a monorail. He had yes. the whole essence of him, you know. Lyle like, Landley. He had the bow tie and everything. He was tall. He was, yeah, he, he was the epitome of the con artist. You know, a town with money is a little like the mule with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's Landley. Lyle Landley. And I come before you good people tonight with an idea. I give you the Springfield monorail. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the truck could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monterey. What's it called? Monterey. Once again. Mom, the mother's spoken. Mario! I think uh, when, when um, what, what was it that uh, when, when uh, Al went to him and he said that uh, I, I was just pulling your leg. Oh, you're not gonna pull anything up. <laughs> it's just so classic. <laughs> But yes, definitely a very trustworthy car salesman. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's very good he at his job. Not to try, yeah. Especially with what Cal offers Al, namely the '97 Kiwi, which is an early version of a smart car. I could not fit in that. I'm sorry. Anything smaller than a Mazda three size car, um, my legs will touch a steering wheel, and it's too small for me. Apparently, that car is a that is a real car, and. It's it's <laughs> it's not a Kiwi. Is it? Well, it might be, but it's called a Qet L Jet, and I don't know anything about these kind of cars. But that is a real car, according to this Carpedia. I mean, uh, sorry, the International Movie Car Database, and also the Motor Children Wiki as well. So yeah, it's a Q Qet L Jet. Okay, so so this is a real car, like. Yeah, I thought it was made up for the show, but it's a real car. <laughs> it looks real enough to me, so it wouldn't be surprising. And there are weirder cars out there, like the three-wheeler from Mr. Bean. That's a real car. Mm. And the Testica is a... Testica? Is a yet another uh, Ford Mustang. The all-new Testica 2000! <laughs> I thought it was a Mustang. I th- I always thought it was a based on a Mustang, but because the testicle looked, very, I mean, I do, I don't like. I, I I would always think of Mustangs as as cars with big wheels and a lot of uh, horsepower and all, but testicle looked like 
kind of a Toyota Corolla kind of style. Like if you look at the Tesla in, in the TV show, it, it has smaller wheels and it's kind of a feminized version of, of what an American car should be type of thing. So because it had all these electrical appliances and everything. So what was the Tesla based on anyway? Well, that's, that's the Ford Mustangs. I'm just, um, just Googling it now. Yeah, clearly a disguised 1996 Ford Mustang convertible. And uh, I wouldn't, couldn't have noticed the way Al gets the um, testica. And, um, see, my current car, my Hyundai Kona, Kelly Epona, I've got on a five-year innovated lease, which I pay for via salary sacrifice. Al, however, he's, abs- he's still an absolute sucker. And uh, <laughs> gets his um, testica, which has brakes... Can make left turns. FM radio too on a twenty-year lease with a balloon payment at the end. How stupid are you, Al? How stupid are you, Al? <laughs> and then, of course, um, Marcy assumes Al stole the testica when then Al compares it to the Sun for Home Improvement. Uh, looking in the notes, he was most likely referring to Randy. Although I thought it was either Randy or Brad. I knew, I knew he was. I knew it wasn't comparing her to Mark. Well, nice wheels. But you have to realize, stealing cars is a felony. So let's pretend to be that kid on Home Improvement. Hey, Mrs. Darcy, it has seat warmers. Really, feel my tush, it's warm. Let's take a rain check. Hey, you better grab it while you can. It's a busy season. Al, but how can a shoe-selling moron afford a Testica 2000? Well, your Kentucky friedness. <laughs> I leased it. Got a real good deal, too. For them? You signed a 20-year lease with a balloon payment at the end. Well, my, my pal Cal said it's smart people lease. Yeah, to stupid people. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely, it's definitely Randy, because it's, it's all the way it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hats off to WWF because Wrestling Mania nineteen ten, WrestleMania ten, and uh, I, I I was watching and Don Jonathan Taylor was a guest star in WrestleMania ten. Wow! And uh, I uh, yeah, this is, so that's where I learned about uh, home improvement. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So you could understand that I'm like I'm not an American. World Wrestling Federation would uh, use the you would want to introduce me to that culture by uh, through res- uh, wrestling. You know what I mean? Cool. Uh, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Tom. I mean, he. That, uh, it's pretty clear. Well, to me anyway, that this is the joke because that she's being compared to Randy because of the hair. And at this time in 1996, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was, well, for girls my age, he was, you know, the number one guy. He was he was certainly my first celebrity crush. And he was, you know, just so dreamy. And he wore sort of similar clothes, like casual clothes, but he has the same hairstyle that Marcy has in this season. And, and uh, he's not like feminine looking or anything like that. They're just commenting on how Marcy looks boyish. So um, similar to Brad, but um, definitely more Randy in this case. Don't forget that Home Improvement is also responsible for Pamela Anderson getting her start as well as Married to Children because she was on the show before Heidi, who was also on Married to Children. 
So Jonathan Taylor, you 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 knew about Jonathan. What about Jonathan Brandis? Did you know? About yeah, he 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 was on the radar as well. So, okay, so uh, this is a, this is a very really tragic situation. I don't know if Matt can um, identify yeah. this, but Jonathan Brandis was in he committed suicide. Uh, he did, unfortunately. yeah. Um, and he was in a TV show called Sequest uh, C- DSV. He was this really cute young young guy who um, had a TV show around that time, then uh, he killed himself. And I think as Australians, we can kind of sympathize with this uh, aspect because of uh, Heath Ledger, uh, you know, like because oh, yeah. uh, he, he, it happened, same thing happened to him. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I do remember Jonathan Taylor because uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in WrestleMania 10, he came in uh, for the 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 final event where I think Brad Hitman Hart uh, took on uh, Yokozuna or whatever, and that's the sort of the episode that uh, Married with Children talks about. You know, you you, you married a kid from Home Improvement. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. So yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, I I I just thought that it, it just all ties up together because um, I I've never watched. Home improvement. So I don't really know anything about uh, what what type of role Jonathan Taylor played. But uh, I I do one thing I do remember is that when Fidel Castro died in uh, I don't know when when did he die in two thousand and twelve or whatever. Yeah, just a couple the of years first ago. First thing I did was uh, yeah yeah yeah. So first thing I did was uh, play that uh, scene from Married with Children. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, Al Bundy is his name, a familiar. You know, like you need him, man. Poor man, needier than us. Yes, he sells shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and G Fidel, I don't know. Like uh, we want a mall, and Fidel goes like that, and then you hear this someone like bang. G Fidel, I I don't know. You can just kill a man just by doing like that. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene is an absolute classic. Yeah, it's just it's such a it's, it, to me it's like the one of the greatest scenes in Married with Children. Like it's just so funny in terms of that. It's just so absurd that even Fidel Castro knows Home Improvement and Rip does the same joke that Al does. I I, I can't imagine like uh, how clever it is. Just in terms of uh, of course. People in Cuba are not needier than us, <laughs> but but there is an element of truth in this. We are kind of as needy as them in terms of uh, the way that uh, we live our lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't explain this to you in in, in, in words, but it, it, it has a truth. It, it has elements of truth in it that absolutely strikes home. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'd love to go yes. back um, to, to uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, if I may. So, yes, yes. He, Randy, his character on Home Improvement, uh, especially uh, when those boys grew up, he was also the shortest. Like, uh, he, the little brother started outgrowing him. So I think that's another resemblance there as well. But he was such the, the heartthrob of the show. And he was, you know, just so dreamy. But I should say that, you know, he was born Jonathan Taylor Vice. He was born on September 8th, 1981, and I know that by heart. And I did a project on him when I was 13, and I got an A-plus for it. 
Uh, but, nice. So he's known for portraying Randy Taylor on Home Improvement and for voicing young Simba in The Lion King, which, you know, was just you know, like the ultimate, like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And he played uh, Pinocchio, both the voice and the real boy in the 1996 film of the same name. And he's in a lot of other films as well, especially back then. But he also appeared on um, Eight Simple Rules, which was Katie Seagal's show um, in 2003. Um, and he, he was still playing like a high school guy, even though he was a little bit older then. Yeah, it was nice to see him on that show and to uh, on a show that I, I watched mainly because of Katie Seagal. But uh, yeah, it was oh, yes. nice to see him still get work. And he appeared on um, Tim Allen's new show, Last Man Standing. I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but it's it's um, it got really dumb by the end. But um, they gave him a, a recurring role. I mean to watch it because I heard it amongst um, obviously it's Tim Allen with, as the head of a family, but this time he has three daughters, not three sons. So I mean to watch it, but it's been on my to watch this for quite a few years. Just haven't got to it yet. Yeah, it's he's very um, the opposite of what he used to be. He's got daughters instead of sons, and the first season actually wasn't too bad. But then what happened was they did a whole bunch of changes between season one and two, and they recast the oldest daughter. And the original actress was like perfect. She was, you know, she was not only was she attractive and everything, but she she actually looked like the other actresses playing her sisters, and she fit in so well. And there's some sort of creative differences behind the scenes, and she. She left and she got replaced and then they aged up like the thing is uh, the oldest daughter has a, a child as well so they aged up the grandson as well and so they made all these changes and they kept they kept some uh, some really good elements about it like like the young guy who who works with tim's character and yeah i mean he he was good he was a show for me for a lot of it but and and tim and nancy travis had really good chemistry so i will say watch it um certainly i'm not going to tell you not to watch it because <laughs> for some reason i watched all eight or nine seasons or whatever it was but it got really bad at the end and when they were trying to film during COVID it just did not work but there's a couple of episodes especially if you're a home improvement fan because I did love that show back in the 90s it was a great show and very very watchable but I loved the relationship again between the husband and wife so then um, Jill from Home Improvement she appeared twice on Last Man Standing and their chemistry is still insanely good like it's amazing so it's it's it was worth watching just for that um in my opinion because i'm a nerd and i love tv reunions so yeah certainly watch the show but i'll be curious to see if you like it who knows you may love it oh see how i think see what i think of it but i do think it's interesting that they reference home improvement and again they go there's another callback to pamela anderson lee rock because (laughs) she got started on home improvement just after she was on married with children in its first two seasons, yes. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think Pamela Anderson, uh, I think she's in a good place though, today. I, I've been, today she's sort of, uh, you know, speaking up for Australian... Uh, she has a bigger cause now. She, she's speaking up for people like Julian Assange and dance, things like that. So I, I think, uh, good on Pamela Anderson. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, she's over 50 now. And she probably still looks pretty good. She is, yes. But she's sort of um, keeping yeah. quiet, well, relatively quiet these days. But there was a series out at the beginning of this year or earlier this year. Um, I think it was just called Pam and Tommy. And it was about them and their sex tape. She didn't have anything to do with it. But the actors they got to play, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, 
was so dead on and the makeup helps of course but if you if you look it up you see the actors they looked exactly like their parts but i I haven't seen it so i can't comment on it but apparently it was actually quite decent you know uh, i recently saw like she was she appeared in some american tv show i think it's called the wave or whatever and uh, and she was you know like she faced with so much hate from all these people for whatever and uh, and uh, she ended up looking good because yeah, at the end of the day, she, she was sticking up for her values uh, about uh, wanting to, uh, you know, like she was she was standing up for the human rights of an Australian citizen named Julian Assange, and uh, that 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 to me that 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 was that meant a lot. Yeah, whatever. So if you're like a good-looking woman who's caught up in some sort of a sex sex scandal, that's one thing, but. It's what you do with your life after that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Shiny red testicles? No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) If you're jealous of me because you don't have a shiny red testicle like me, yeah. yeah, Fuck you. And and I always find that scene really funny. Oh, she's just jealous, Daddy. She wishes she had a shiny red testicle. That's testica. Rivederci. I thought I thought that was an obvious joke, but it's one of the funnier ones. I mean, if you call a car a testica and Kelly's involved, I, I, I was just waiting for her to call it a testicle. <laughs> and she did. Yeah. Testica. It's testica. Rivederci. Yeah, Rivederci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of new cars. Like, I'm my, my car, I, I own a... 2000, uh, 1999 Subaru, um, um, uh, Subaru uh, Forester or whatever. Nice. Uh, and, and the thing is that even that car has, uh, like, for example, it, it is so tied into the electrical aspect of it that uh, if there's some kind of a complication with the, with, with the electrical circuit in the car, I just won't be able to use the car in a very utilitarian way. Like, I, I won't be able to drive it. <laughs> that's just what, what it means. So, and, and that's what the whole, uh, the comedy in the whole show is about. That uh, uh, the slightest issue with sus- that electrical thing can stop the car from being useful at any stage. You, you, you're supposed to be able to use your car to drive from A to B, right? And the modern day cars are so no, it's sort of compromised in that way. I think true, right? I mean, like Matt, what, what's what's the car you bought recently? I got a twenty twenty one Hyundai Kona, which has um a lot of features in it. But as you said, if electric screw up, then uh yeah, I'd be doomed, as you said. <laughs> exactly. See what I mean? Like all you need your car is to get to work, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you you that's all what your car is supposed to. But there couldn't be like you know like some small thing with the electrical thing can stop you the car from you know it can make turn your car into a complete lemon. And I I think Marivichun in in that aspect is so um, it had that foresight to tell you that <laughs> <laughs> it has seat warmers. Really feel my tush. It's warm. <laughs> take a rain check. You better grab it while you can. <laughs> It's a busy season. 
Yeah, so here's the no issue, no serious issues for my car. I've had it for since January. So far, it drives amazingly, and uh, yes, yeah, an overall improvement to my 2005 Mazda. Uh, but yes, I'm looking forward to getting many more kilometers out of it in the future. So ha- I got a question for you. You know when Kelly asked Marcy to fill her tush? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's some great acting on Amanda Burst's part to refuse that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because uh, let's let in in reality. I'm just being silly, Marcy. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we all do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I, I mean, mean, like, of course, uh, she, she has to pretend that she she doesn't. Yeah. I did like Al calling Marcy her, your Kentucky friedness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, 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 but you know what? She is right. Most Americans are driven by this dead culture where, you know, like uh, we are living in a society where we've been kind of uh, exploited by this uh, elite class who wants to, you know, like uh, exploit our grievances and everything. So, yeah, I mean, like even when you look at uh, Afterpay or, you know, like um, all these all these type of buy now pay later kind of cars, yes they they they're kind of exploiting uh, on the fact that you know like yeah sure you can't spend five hundred bucks today yeah so that that's what married children is actually using here you know like they're just sort of kind of making a parody of this whole debt culture that uh, we we are all using but we are all being exploited by it. Yeah, so I mean, yes. that's all. That's there, you know. Unfortunately. Yeah, they're making a comment on, you know, as a smart people lease, quote unquote, for stupid people. So they're preying on yeah, the weak, exactly. the weak, yes. stupid. Balloon. Yeah. Balloon. Balloon. Yeah. 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 I hate. To, I mean, I don't mean. Uh, I mean, sorry if I'm frightening you with this stuff, but that's exactly the type of, uh, you know, like uh, psychology that uh, these type of uh, networks operate on there. There's always a catch to these um, sort of payment payments and payment off- options. Anything where you're taking buying something with credit means that you're being exploited in some way or the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, in Al's case, he's bought a lime. Who would have thought that a punk kid from the streets of Chicago would wind up with a beauty like you? We're gonna live happily ever after. <laughs> A vegetable. I think I can fix it, but I gotta look in the owner's manual. Why don't you try looking under X for exorcism? <laughs> I bet you anything you forgot the seat warmers were stuck on broil. <laughs> told me to keep my hands off your testicle. <laughs> yeah, as Kelly says, because obviously she does not know that lemon means bad car. <laughs> Excuse me, Cal, remember me, uh, Al Bundy? Uh, sorry, doesn't ring a bell. No, uh, t- touchdown Bundy, you know, poke high, you said I was your idol. You? 
<laughs> uh, excuse me, sir, I'm with a customer. Uh, excuse me, Cal, but see, you sold me a, a lemon. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, that's impossible. All the hair on my butt's burned off! <laughs> I'm telling you, the electrical system in that car is all messed up! No problem, sir. That's covered by the extended warranty contract. No, but, but see, 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 I was too smart to buy the extended warranty contract. <laughs> oh, wow. You should have listened to Cal. I did listen to you! Now I've got a worthless testica! But, 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 and he grabs a balloon from a kid. <laughs> like that. That's why he's one of my favorite people. Like his acting is brilliant. Like the way he does the whole thing. It's so cartoonish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because that uh, testic has given him a lot of grief with the alarm, the electrics, and the roof. And uh, yeah, you have bought a big lime now. That car, uh, I wouldn't drive it. It's too faulty. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, like uh, how Al goes and mm, tells Cal that the electrical system in that car is all screwed up, you know. I'm a huge fan of this comedian named Bill Burr. And uh, he uh, he talks about, you know, like um, about the grievances of people <laughs> uh, in the modern day society. And he talks about, you know, like uh, how the electrical system in your car is, uh, you know, like how the seat warming <laughs> is not working the way you want it to kind of thing. So it's sort of like the modern day um, uh, grievances type of thing. So, yeah, the, it's, it's kind of the first thing that came to my mind when I was watching this episode, like uh, this build where how, how are the modern day citizens victims of, uh, uh, you know, things like this <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, to be honest, I've never owned a car that had a... Uh, electrical seat warming so I don't really know um, I'm not really a victim of it but uh, I, I, I can totally see how uh, you know like if, if you're completely defending and dependent on uh, seat warming uh, to be sort of a thing that you rely on uh, on a day-to-day life how oh, it, it, it can you can be a complete victim of it <laughs> <laughs> yes my car doesn't have electric seat warming and frankly i don't need it i mean uh, maybe the luxury model my car has it but mine does not for you <laughs> i'm not bothered <laughs> do you what about you Annabelle? you got electrical seat warming in your car no my car is too old for that one day i'll get a i'll get a shiny red testicle <laughs> I'm guessing the only cars from your era, Anna, that would have had it would have been things like LTDs or Caprices. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I fear for when I do get a new fancy electric car, uh, not electric car, but a car with electrics that can go wrong like that. Yeah, now that I've said that, my, my current car will probably break down on the way to work tomorrow, but we'll f- <laughs> no, no jinxing. But it does need a service. It can still make left turns, right, Anna? <laughs> yes, and it's got dashboards and paint. <laughs> It's still working, much like Peggy is working in the backyard. Uh, no, w- w- what's the fancy uh, uh, sound system it has? Is it called oh, FM? FM. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of Big Lebowski when I see that scene, you know, because uh, he, he talks about, uh, you know, how he has the uh, A-track. A- a uh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the band. <laughs> yeah. For reasons we'll get to in a bit, this has definitely been better than part part one so far, but yes. <laughs> oh. I love that Kelly and Bud just leave Al to it. Yes. 
and he's being attacked by his own car. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you told me to keep your hands off the set, your testicle, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they're distracted by Peggy working in the backyard, and I think this is one of the few times she's ever worked at something voluntarily. I know, shock horror. You remember that scene where Kelly says, "Hey, you better cut us in, or we are going to tell mom." You know, like yeah. uh, that, that. That was another Kelly scene that didn't just quite land. Uh, I I must say that this this episode was one of my favorite for because it, it had some of the best with the season, the post uh, season uh, five kind of you know like uh, the whole cartoonish types type of like uh, humor, but at the same time it also had one of the worst situations because you know like what I heard of is like what we see about Christian and forget and all sorts and stuff because uh, it's, it's it had a combination of the best and the worst unfortunately. Mm. Yes. You better cut a scene or we're going to tell mom. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, you can do so much better than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just lazy. That's lazy. <laughs> it's like, like I, I don't even like Kelly knocking Bud into the, into the grave with her and then she does this stupid laugh. It's just like, eh. And, of course, Bud is knocked into the grave and we don't see him get out. Yeah, I think he gets out. I mean, Al got out when he jumped in early in the episode. Mm. I, I thought the whole... Um, you know, like the funeral. It, it, it was in sync with, you know, like the insanity of the all the characters going through during the season 11. I, 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 I kind of loved it, but at the same time, yeah, I didn't appreciate the whole uh, inconsistencies that... Like, I, I love the whole aspect of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole, uh, you know, the flashback they had about Al talking about it's not going to be the highlight of, uh, highlight of my life or anything. I, I, I thought that was that, that was absolute gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah because, because uh, you know, like we, we've had to deal with that for the last three years or four years or something like that. And, and, and all that stuff is really awesome. But yeah, just uh, in, in many ways, though, I, I do think that they could have done better with... Um, like Kelly and uh, some some of the other jokes. <laughs> oh, first Al goes back to Cal, but he doesn't recognize. I think we need to talk about Jefferson talking about Cuba. I think that is one of the greatest scenes in this whole scene. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, Cubans. Ah, Jefferson, my old adversary. <laughs> Fidel, my compadre. Still with the CIA? No, no, when I couldn't kill you, they fired me. Oh, sorry. But you still got the moves, huh? That's what the wife says. <laughs> you married the kid from Home Improvement? Thank Columba, I guess I did. Oh, well, she's got money, she buys me things. <laughs> so did Russia, and look what that got us. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I thought that this scene was uh, brilliantly done uh, in, in so many ways, especially the part where um, Castro comes to the balcony with Jefferson and he addresses the crowd and he gives this raving speech, right? And uh, you know, and he goes on about uh, how uh, there's a poor man, a needy man, and, and that whole dynamic, you know. And then Jefferson explains to the Cuban people <laughs> what a shopping mall is, and then. And then Castro laughs and pats him in the back. I, I, it, it is absolutely hilarious. And in fact, I remember when Fidel Castro died, I, 
one of the first things I did was share this clip on um, on I think it was on Facebook uh, or something. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. So I, because I, I had my married with children Facebook page at the time, and I actually uh, you know like I said farewell to Fidel Castro, and I shared this post. Uh, definitely one of these uh, one of the clips from Married with Children. I just revisit over and over. I think there is some element of truth in this humor about how Albanda is probably needier than the people of Cuba as well. You know, I mean, um, like what my friend was saying, there is a lot of propaganda we hear about countries like Cuba. But at the same time, let's uh, let's not forget that uh, there are things probably that uh, people in Cuba enjoy that uh, Albanda don't have, like uh, you know, basic healthcare, maybe you know, access to. Um, higher education uh, that uh, you know a lot of people in America wouldn't unless they're willing to fork out a lot of money and then of course um, there there are also I mean from what I understand Cuban people also enjoy a pretty uh, you know like um, they have some they are a pretty sophisticated uh, society I mean it depends on who you ask you know if, if you ask a lot of the Cubans living in Miami who are sort of very conservative leaning they say a lot of terrible things about Cuba but uh, but with, that is just uh, why that is just uh, one side of the story we know that uh, for example uh, in the recent history Cubans are also responsible for developing their own um, covid vaccine which is uh, which is an amazing accomplishment because uh, we in Australia we couldn't do it right we 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 tried several times and we we had to abandon that <laughs> so you know so the the cubans did that hats off to them and uh, and speak of the embargo once again right uh, now uh, we, we in this episode they talk about the car embargo but uh, we also know that uh, uh, there was a syringe embargo in cuba that was uh, we hear in the news that was uh, restricting cubans from using their own vaccine because uh, there was an embargo placed on uh, syringes that they required during the covid so uh, interesting how some of the you know some of this for recent uh, history seems to tie up to this uh, episode <laughs> in many ways i think um, this is sort of a better portrayal of fidel castro that, that's just my uh, my anyway, and that's just what i think so he he's reading uh, he he's like a chump like the rest of well what they, what, what they're doing is they're making him out to be owl they're lining it up. He's equating him with Al, like he's a a, a schlub, schlubby guy, like Al. But um, he yes. he says not only the home improvement joke, but he also says the Steve Allen joke. So yes, he hates Steve Allen too. Yeah. <laughs> President, you uh, you still have a bunch of old American cars lying around the island? Thousands. Damn trade embargo. Damn Kennedy. Damn Steve Allen. Yeah. So. So, so he's kind of connecting with small, with uh, little people, and he's sort of, and it's kind of funny. So, so yeah. So, yeah, and, and uh, I also it, this was the first time I ever learned about uh, snack wells because I never knew anything about lesson about snack wells because I'm not familiar with American culture. Yeah, I I learned about snack wells from this as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I absolutely love this scene because uh, it, it does portray. It, 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 although it's a parody, it also has a certain element of truth. <laughs> so, so to see a more of a humanitarian aspect of Fidel Castro being portrayed in in, uh, in popular culture was uh, it's kind of a very edgy for for that time. Yeah, it, so it was a hit of its time. 
Listen, I, I've got a friend. His name's Al Bundy. He's got an old Dodge, and, and he needs a new fuel pump. May I ask your people's help? What's in it for me? America's greatest export. Huh? Snackwells. Oh! <laughs> I've heard about these. America's greatest export. Snackwells! <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll read a bit about uh, Snackwells, which is a American food brand not sold here in Australia. I haven't even seen in American import stores, but introduced in 1992, used to make um, fat-free cookies in a variety of flavors, including shortbread, cream, and devil's food cake. So, as part of the low-fat fad of the 1990s and allegedly healthier snacks, uh, when the dietary guidelines at the time advocated for reducing your fat intake. But, obviously, if you take something out, you've got to put something in, and uh, these frankenfood cookies, as I call them, uh, had higher carbs in them and likely... So cited as a likely contributor to the obesity epidemic in the USA um, from the 90s and beyond. So, uh, I've never had one, but to be honest, uh, I'd rather have a cookie from my local bakery over a snack well. Oh, I heard about this! <laughs> yeah. Everything that I love about Mallory Children, just the fact that they were able to do such uh, outlandish kind of uh, parody, you know? We want them all! <laughs> <laughs> It is so hilarious because it's just so out there, you know, like it, 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 it is kind of the Monty Python of our time, you know? Yes. It is just so funny. <laughs> yes. Comrades, me familia, I need your help. There is a man, Al Bundy is his name. A poor man, a needy man. <laughs> Needier than us? See, he's middle-aged and sells shoes at the mall. <laughs> what is a mall? It's a large group of stores with an endless supply of affordable merchandise and a food court. <laughs> we want a mall. <laughs> now you see what you made me do. It was like even a shoe salesman is is looked on as unfavorable in Cuba. <laughs> yes. Well, we know they've got fuel pumps. Yes, we know they've got yeah, fuel exactly, pumps. Exactly. They they have a fuel pump union in Cuba. <laughs> and we don't we don't see Jefferson get getting the fuel pump, but they do come home with it straight away and it's in an esky. Yes. Oh sorry, a cooler. Americans call an esky a cooler, don't they? We got it! We found your fuel pump. You did? You you're gonna bring the Dodge back to life? I'm a Dodge specialist, not a miracle worker, but I'll do all I can. <laughs> It's too late. Just just accept it. Now, Mr. Bundy, I'll need to get to the car as fast as possible. Bud! Bud! Get your mother and your sister! Start digging! Good work! <laughs> what is taking so long? I wish there was something I could do. You, you could take me to the emergency room. I'm seeing double. Here, 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 here. Read a biggins. Ooh, four uns. Yeah, and look at the cover of that biggins. The biggins magazine, the Pamela Lee printout, and the Cubans cover, they're all the same image. Yes, they're all the same <laughs> image. <laughs> I, that, that's one of my favorite scenes. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you can take me to the emergency room. I think that was one of my... I, I, I can't get enough of how good that scene is. Yeah, yeah and, you, and if you keep watching Bud for the rest of the scene before they go into the garage, just watch Bud. He's completely cross-eyed the whole scene. The camera's not even on a close-up. He's just completely running with it. So if you go, if you watch it again, go back and watch it. And when the doctor comes in with Jefferson, look at Bud. Because <laughs> his eyes are like... Mmm. <laughs> Do you really believe that uh, someone would pay $10,000 for a... A Dodge engine? No. Well, not this engine, no. I've looked into the economy of this type of thing and this is a real thing. Because, you know, you, you don't make VCR. So whoever wants a VCR are willing to spend 500 bucks on a VCR. But would you really spend $10,000 on a... Dodge? <laughs> I, think, I think that's kind of going too far, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't, no. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I've got better things to spend money on. Yes, and the Dodge, the, the Dodge needs a low-octane diet, which in America would be 87-grade petrol. Uh, isn't that inconsistent again? Like, in the beginning of the episode, they say that, you know, if we only knew what we know about octane. So, basically, what he's saying is that you should have pumped high octane for your engine. But then, at the end of the episode... He's saying that you should have a low octane diet. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure that's a play on a low fat diet, and also um, mm. there's a truth in that because you can put higher octane fuel in the car that only needs say 91, but it won't have too much more benefit, as my car just parked outside my house is proof of. Uh, but yes, it's definitely a play on a low fat diet, which again was very popular in the in the, in the 90s, and thankfully. Al's Dodge rises again, unlike my old Mazda, which is up in that car park in the sky with my dad's old Cortina, my pop's Falcon, my uncle's Granada, amongst many other cars. Have you ever pumped a high octane into your car? Yes, I put the, I put the odd 90, tank of 98 in Kelly Epona every every now and then, uh, just to, uh, you know, clean the engine, but mainly is 91, which is what it takes. Uh, yourselves? No. Nah. Yeah, I, I, I went through that phase, going to make it better but uh, then I realized that after a while I realized you know I don't own like a car with a rear spoiler or whatever like pretending to be some guy from a Japanese uh, manga TV show or whatever who drives a fast car <laughs> typical marriage yep typical married to children and <laughs> poor Al's Dodge she's been through a lot you realize her appearance may shock you Doc, you see what I wake up to each morning. Now remember, she'll need plenty of garage rest and a low-octane diet. Jefferson, no matter what happens, I can never repay you for what you've done. Just buy me a six-pack of beer. Which part of never repay don't you understand? I bet you if Al Bundy was real, he would still be driving that car in 2022. Well, that, 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 that's the, I, and so would I. If it stops working, I'll just uh, start using the train or whatever. I've told that very clearly to my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I haven't done it. But uh, I would have done it a long time because it's just not worth it. You know, like uh, 800 bucks a year just to for the registration. Yeah, it's, uh, 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 and uh, do you know who the girl is at the end of the episode? She's kind of sexy.
No, we don't really get a good look at that chick at the end. No, no we're now back at the um, dealership. <laughs> so he says, hey, Kate, it's your buddy Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an Al fan, that end scene is very satisfying. Um, when yes. he drives through oh. the... The, the glass window <laughs> it's it's a yes i think it's a stunt man in the car because the balloon is covering his face but also it's fake yeah, glass I think so too. yeah and it's fake glass you can tell because it starts breaking before the car actually reaches the, w- the window to drive through it but still the effect is pretty good but yeah um but yeah as as an in-character thing it was very satisfying and like just the shot of the girl with her legs flailing about she clearly's taken a header into the nearest car <laughs> <laughs> Chris, just real quick, um, we've just had the announcement uh, recently that Married Children could potentially be coming back in animation form. Just wondered your thoughts on that, real quick. Um, I think it, it'll be uh, look. Uh, um, uh, I'll be great. I think animation form is amazing. So I think Beavis and Butthead came back in 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 the animation form. But uh, as animation, I think it, you can do it. I think it, it'll be really good. At the same time, though, look, uh, we are also living in a very heavily political kind of era where everything is sort of politicized. So, so I I don't know what to say about it because uh, Married Children was a very politically incorrect, very offensive uh, type of a TV show. So, uh, if if you take any Married Children episode today, it will be homophobic, uh, misogynist, or you know, like sexist or racist or whatever and I think uh, it wouldn't hold the test of time today there will be too many people who will be offended by the Mary children for what it was back in the day so because of that I I don't think it's really worth bringing it at any form whatsoever I think what's best is for us to cherish it for it to be a product of its time and, and keep it as it is don't want married children to come back because if it comes back i think i might uh it, it might it might spoil it for you it might spoil yeah. it for you okay yeah no that's interesting yeah interesting point interesting take on that chris i know it's not uh, i i i know annabelle you're a lot more of a you're a lot more progressive than i am uh, <laughs> i know that because i've kind of uh, observed you your social media it was a very progressive show for its time but what what you perceive as progressive has changed a lot. Yeah, I just I've just got low tolerance for horrible people. <laughs> uh, do have you thought about what it is though? Like eleven season of married children, are you going to find a way to rein, reinvent this format, or is this going to end after this? Uh, have you thought about it? I for one, I would love for this type of married children legacy to go on forever. But, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. Have you, have you thought about what you're going to do after the season ends? Um, sort of, yeah. I mean, we'll play it by ear. I mean, in terms of the podcast, we'll keep it going as long as we can. Like, it won't be a weekly thing, I don't think, because we're trying to get more and more interviews. So I think the plan is just to ask everybody and get as many interviews as we can and special episodes. And if the animation 
does become a thing, we will review that and that will continue on, even if it's short-lived. I mean, doesn't matter. We've got, there's plenty to discuss there. When it comes out, it could be, you know, half decent. Then again, it could be a total disaster. So I think there's a lot of fuel there yet, but, you know, we're, we're going to play it by ear. So after season 11 is done, uh, we've got a couple of things planned. Well, we're, we're trying to secure a couple of interviews, but I think that's the way forward. We just become a, a periodic podcast where, where we have something. So we're not going to end. I mean, the, the show is going to end, but the podcast will, will hang about. I would love to see it being, uh, you know, like go on. There's episodes I'd love to revisit that, um, you know, from the first few seasons that were covered by Alex and Co. You know, even like the pilot or, you know, there's an episode I'd love to discuss with Jamie, for instance. I mean, I mean, so there's a lot of ideas floating around and things we could do. So after we get this season recorded, we'll start thinking about what we do next. And, and more and more people are going to discover the podcast every year as they discover Married with Children. No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. So how many fuel pumps are you getting back from uh, Cuba for this episode with Jefferson's help? This, as I told you, is one of my favorite Married with Children episodes, but it has some of the best and the worst aspects of Married with Children. Uh, I mean, I, I do love a lot of the outrageous over the top humor i think it 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 really um it really has a lot of a lot of strong points and a lot of weak points uh, but if, at the end of the day if i would say that as entertaining as it is you have to consider a lot of the you know weak dialogue weak jokes that doesn't land combined with a lot of the strong and memorable moments so overall i can't really give this episode even though it is one of my favorites in a crazy kind of way, I, I kind of can't give this episode more than three fuel pumps. And that's probably where I stand. But like I said, this is one of those episodes that I have watched so many times and I'd continue to watch. And whenever I want to introduce the TV show to somebody who is not familiar with the show, like the other day I was watching this show with my daughter and uh, I mean, this is one of those episodes that I'd always choose to play to those that type of people because I just know that um, it's guaranteed to uh, get a good laugh out of them. So, yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it is not a five-year pump episode. It, it's a solid three only because it has a lot of, uh, you know, strong and weak moments. I'm very grateful that you all invited me. I'm honored that to be a part of uh, this 
podcast with you guys uh, i mean i've kind of gotten to know you y'all and become close to the married with children community thanks to the great work you all do in the married with children group uh, and through uh, you know through facebook uh, even outside the group so yeah um, and thank you very much for inviting me i had a lot of fun um, and uh, you know um, let's uh, keep in touch Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, so, Annabelle, how many fuel pumps are you getting back from Cuba for this episode with Jefferson's help? I will also give it three fuel pumps. Oh, sorry, three and a half fuel pumps because this episode is a slight step up from part one. And I think we've covered why. And uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we've agreed that it is better than part one. Gary Grubbs is the as the con artist um a con artist well car dealer you know he's the typical caricature of a car dealer but i, I do like i did like his character um i, I thought and he played it really well especially you know that shady way he gets information from al purely just from what al's told him and the way he's sucking up to al and then has turned it back on him just to make a sale i mean it's so shady but it's 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 well done the, the jokes are better in this in this second half. Part one had a lot of um, really, really lazy, lame jokes that, like we said, didn't land too well. In this second half, there's there's a share of them as well, mostly to do with Kelly. But there's some also some funnier jokes. I mean, to me anyway, I mean, I get kicked out of things like, you know, what do you call this fancy sound system? FM. And it also calls back to, you know, Al bringing Kelly and Bud to a car dealership reminds me of season four in Oh, What a Feeling, when Al goes to buy a new car with his shoebox full of money. Uh, just little things like that. And uh, even a, a shoe salesman is looked on poorly in Cuba. I actually remember that episode. You guys did that episode and it had uh, the, what, uh, Jamie, she was doing the episode and and I, it absolutely struck with me what she was saying because uh, it, it, it kind of strung with the kind of frustration that I have with life in general that, you know, like you you have this Al who worked his entire life wanting to, you know, own this car and then you have this sort of upper middle class bourgeoisie type family who to to whom this car meant nothing you know like uh, and uh, and it absolutely I, I mean shout out to Jamie for actually uh, I mean uh, I don't think she's in, in but she absolutely un- identified with that whole frustration that people like myself have uh, and uh, I, I just thought that it, it was just so brilliant that uh, the baby children was able to uh, resonate with people like, or, you know, as normal people like us for uh, the pain that we go through in everyday life uh, with, with that type of thing, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I might have taken you off. <laughs> it's well. It's nice that you know the whole cast is in this episode. So we see Marcy, and she's being annoying, but it's it's you know it's to it's to mess with Al basically, and it's nice to see Jefferson get a big scene like that Cuban scene. And I will say Jefferson looks very handsome in his uniform. I mean, he always looks handsome, he's but he looks very handsome. dashing indeed. He, he's, he's always handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's always handsome. handsome. <laughs> he can't not be handsome. He, he, he's a knockout. Yeah. And I we'll mean, see like, him in uniform yeah. again later this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, 
yeah, all things considered, this is a step up from part one and the jokes fare slightly better. It's still a bit, it's still cartoonish and silly, especially with the Cuban stuff and, and you know, Bud getting tortured as usual as he does in this later, late in this last act of Married with Children. Uh, yeah, everyone's sort of used quite well. Um, it's nice to even to hear Peg sing, you know, a line of a song here and there. But so I will give it a, a slight step up from part one. So I'll give it three and a half fuel pumps. Well, thank you for that, uh, Annabelle. Thank, thank you for your, your uh, review of that. Uh, as for my thoughts in this episode, uh, I'm also going to um, give it three and a half fuel pumps that Jefferson helped me get back from Cuba. Okay, so for, amongst similar reasons to what uh, you, you both said, Anna, Chris, uh, I just want to say, so I prefer the second half because I thought it was a bit better written. Uh, you know, the, the interactions between Al and Cal, uh, having recently got a car on a lease, I can definitely relate to that. I got a much better deal than Al did. <laughs> his um, drive at the end where he drives the testicle I mean test, I mean, testicle uh, towards the, at the very end uh, the funeral for um, uh, the um, the Dodge was very fitting especially well as I talked earlier about um, you know saying goodbye to my own car and I look at just looking at my car key again uh Yes, uh, the, the, the thing they got the act together. You know, Marcy was a bit more. Jefferson was a bit more. Good to see No Man. I always like when No Man rock up in the um, in in the show. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely one of my fa- one of my favourites from season eleven. Uh, so pop, quite possibly my favourite episode of season eleven, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I have to rewatch the whole season again. But I will have to. I will say, uh, yeah, decent episode. Uh, how the c- 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 well, like as we talked about, how the Cubans are well, like I said, are the same likes as the Americans with the Cubans and the uh, you know disliking shoe salesman uh, Je- Jefferson being in the Secret Service again. Uh, yeah, this episode's quite a lot to offer. I mean, uh, definitely watch both both parts because uh, I'm the sort of person who has to watch um, multi-part episodes in order. And when I watch a show, I I, te- I like to watch it um, from start to finish wherever possible. So I'll always go back to see go to season one of a show, um, no matter what it is, if I can, and start from there. So yes, three and a half uh, fuel pumps from Cuba for me. Uh, and that's it from Team Australia for the Married Children podcast this week. Uh, down here in our nudie bar where it's still a bit, a little bit chilly because it's um, just started winter here in our m- month of June recording this. But uh, now, uh, better get better get your appetite ready for next week and uh, hopefully your host is cooking a good meal because it's a Bundy Thanksgiving next week on the Married Children podcast. Uh, yes, when the podcast will show us to review season 11, episode 6, a Bundy Thanksgiving, and that was going to be reviewed by Stephen, Tyler, and A&D Stare. So, so Stephen Tyler from, uh, like, Aerosmith? <laughs> yeah. That's what I no, call yes, them. I call team them Team Aerosmith. Yes, that's right, Chris. <laughs> I, 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 I recently watched, uh, today, in fact, I watched uh, Married Children, you know, the one with uh, uh, Sam Kinison. Uh, the Thanksgiving, yeah, I watched it, watched it with my daughter, so I had to, she, she has zero knowledge of American culture, so I had to explain to her why this is such an important episode, because uh, he's an American stand-up comedian, and this is a real person, you know what I mean, like, uh, and I had so much fun in just, just watching it with, with her, and I, I told her that, I promised her that next Christmas, I'm going to watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life. 
beautiful thing that when you get your children involved in this type of thing and uh, you know one thing leads to another yes <laughs> and yeah so i was laughing my ass off when uh sam kennison said oh come on the whole football team you know like we tried her daddy what kind of guy would marry her if he wasn't putting it out you know like I mean, it's so inappropriate for, but you know, like for me to be laughing at while I'm watching it with my 13-year-old daughter. But you know, the, I mean, I, I for for a for a strange way, I kind of felt proud for being so bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 And anyway, I mean, I, I thank you all for uh, uh, inviting me to this episode, and uh, I hope. Uh, Uh, you know, like uh, I, I, I hope uh, this episode gets a lot of good reviews and ratings. Yes, thank you for coming on, Chris, and uh, thank you all for uh, listening. So, as I mentioned, uh, cheat in for Team Aerosmith next week for a bunny Thanksgiving. But until then, uh, keep keep sane, uh, keep keep laughing, and tune in next week, same buddy time, same buddy channel. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>